even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still buddy cats. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cats. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Hello, buddies. It's time for another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a special buddy. You know him if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, my buddy Lee. How you doing, Lee? What's up, buddy? How you doing, Nick? How's it going, dude? Thanks for having me on your show. I'm honored. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been it's an honor, sir. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, the, the pleasure's mine, bro. Uh, in this business, this defines. This is my whole philosophy. You have to respect your audience. It, they are intrinsic to the art of acting. You're not acting if someone's not actually watching you. So my pleasure to be here. My pleasure to say hey to your peeps out there watching. And uh, let's rock and roll, kiddo. What's going on? Awesome. First, <laughs> I, got, I got to start from the beginning. What inspired you to seek an acting career? I mean, an unquenchable ego. <laughs> the roar of the crowd. Uh, I'm a peak experience guy. I don't know, you know, it just, when I first actually in Hebrew school, uh, eight years old, played David, King David, young King David, killing Goliath, singing a song in the shul, getting a standing ovation, getting carried off the stage by the other actors, you know, uh, it started me pretty early, the roar of the crowd. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's really... Uh, a really noble way to uh, kind of found a, a path, but I found a sense of home with the storytellers that, that actors are. I found a sense of home in being an entertainer. I found a sense of uh, home in playing something I'm not. Mm -hmm. just, I'm just a normal dude with a cool job, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and so Getting to live through these other characters, pirates, dwarfs, crazy New Yorkers on Seinfeld or aliens on Star Trek. I mean, there's something about it that uh, I dig. <laughs> and that's why I'm an actor, bro. Love entertaining. I love telling stories. I love connecting souls. Um, and uh, I like, I like uh, the perks of it the way you experience life kind of like being on a permanent upgrade when you can land a few gigs to be honest with you the way that you'll encounter just people they find out you know can mm -hmm. be cool so i mean there's a bit of an ego stroke in it too let's be honest mm -hmm. now i'm going to ask you about a few roles here All the right. first one was when you mentioned before seinfeld what was it like working with seinfeld and being in the iconic tv show Incredible, dude. Absolutely in freaking incredible. Uh, one of the most generous experiences in Hollywood was guest starring on a Seinfeld. 
these guys, starting with Jerry, Larry David, the rest of the cast, uh, were willing to let you be the funniest guy in that world for that week. Willing to like let you get the big laugh. Willing to let you to share this, the power of, you know, what TV was back then, 40 million people watching the, every Thursday night. So, uh, you know, I felt uh, it was a huge break for me uh, to land that. Got a lot of exposure, uh, the thrill of a lifetime, because I'm a huge, huge, huge Seinfeld guy. Love it. Mm-hmm. That humor, it's rare that a show, especially, you know, a sitcom doesn't age. I find it still funny. I mean, it's a little it's a little dated and some of the jokes they go for wouldn't be really, I think, PC, uh, which is not necessarily to say that PC and comedy go together. Mm-hmm. But the but it is about playing the edge. You gotta remember that in ancient times, this is an ancient art acting, storytelling. It's a sacred, it's been a sacred event for society for thousands of years. Um, and so, and so has the, 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 the court jester, the stand-up comic was, <clears throat> his job was to tell truth to power. So, you know, in, in the world of comedy, their, their job is to push that envelope of, of the edge, as we say. And, and that would be the PC thing today, the, the cultural, you know, comment. <clears throat> but a, a good laugh is a connector. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not mean spirited. Now Seinfeld, you know those characters, they had a little bit of an edge to them, right? Yeah. So they they kind of that's how they got they got they would meet a guy like Mike Moffat. How Kramer would know my character Uh as a bit of a bookie, as a bit of a hustler guy, or some of the other famous characters of the world. You know, Uh epic experience, fantastic, uh, truly. one of the milestones on my journey. Mm-hmm. One of our viewers here, we can't see him because they're under Facebook users, but said uh, Mike Moffat called Jerry a phony. He absolutely yeah. loved that part. So good, right? So good. You're mm-hmm. so phony. <clears throat> and then, I, then I'm like, Jerry, I didn't mean it like that. You know, use it in a sentence. You know, like it's good, it's bad. Yeah, great stuff. Great mm-hmm. stuff. How did it feel to call Jerry Seinfeld a phony? Like when you did it, how did it feel to you? I mean, I was Mike Moffat. I wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I'm me when you say cut. Mm. Right? I'm a character. I, that's one thing about my acting that I will say is a hall fucking mark of what I do. Mm-hmm. I am that character. It's not a method deal. You call cut, I'm right out. But whether I'm Ella, I'm in Pop, I'm Pintel. I'm on our list as a guy. I'm on whatever show you pick out of the out of the all the shows I've done. I'm always in into it. I love doing it. I take pride. I do the acting for free. You get paid in Hollywood for the waiting, the sitting around, the the time in between gigs. But when you're when they call action, I do it for free, and any good actor does it for free in that moment. Love it. Now, another character you know I'm going to ask you about. You just <laughs> mentioned him. Our buddy Pintel. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, 
there's what can we say about that? You you know, uh, Shakespearean clown, <clears throat> the R two D two and C three PO of pirate franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't have everybody be a captain. You need some guys pulling the ropes on a pirate ship, firing the cannons. I mean, obviously, the luckiest break in my career was they couldn't find short, bald, and crazy guys in London. Because all that, Kevin, as you well know, the, there's very few of us that are not, uh, that are Hollywood-based guys uh, in the original cast of the show. Everyone pretty much was cast out of London first. And it was only Gore Verbinski's uh, real dedication to finding the right guy that led him to not settle on the brilliant actors of London that all read for my, my dang part. So lucky break, but that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Luck is luck in Hollywood is being ready when they call you on your bullshit. When they give you the ball, when you're like, coach, put me in coach, put me in. And then coach you're in, you bust it. You bust that ball up the middle and, and run for the end zone. That's the job. Nice. Yeah. So that leads me to ask you, how did you learn about the role of Pintel? How did you, how did it come to be? It was an audition, you know, from my mm -hmm. agent. So just like the hundreds or thousands others that I've fielded in my career that I didn't get. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is a game of a failure more than success, but it's about manifesting success. So the audition came for pirates. I was actually super bummed about a job I didn't get. You know, you go uh -huh. high, you go low in this business. You, you, you know, it's, you can go for a while without drinks of water in Hollywood, bro. So I was going on one of those droughty periods, riding my camel through the desert, looking for an oasis. And it, it showed up out of the blue, least expected pirate movie, Johnny Depp. That sounds crazy. So uh, who knew? Who knew it was going to have the resonance, the cultural impact, the, uh, the change your lifeness that it did? Nice. Now Thank we you. all know. Well, go ahead. No, I just I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Now we all know your favorite line, of course. You're iconic. If you don't mind doing it real quick. Hello, Poppy. Yes. But what was your favorite scene uh, from the movie? Was it that scene? Or it's was not it really a fair question. It's like, do you, you know, what's your, who's your, which, which dog is your favorite? Which kid is your favorite? Mm -hmm. How about, let's word it this way. What scene did you have the most fun with? Same answer, pretty much. Uh, I had just so many great, great scenes in the movie. Are we talking first movie, second movie? Let's start with the first movie. Uh, my favorite scene, if I have to choose one, is the rating of, of the, uh, I like when they give me the ball, bro. Mm -hmm. I don't mind being in the ensemble and, uh, you know, but I believe in my talent, you know? Uh, so the scene that me and, and Mackenzie and Kira got to play in her house where I, you know, where Elo Pop, it happens, where the gold calls to us happens, where we discover her, where she bamboozles us. Mm-hmm. 
that's where that tells you every that tells you everything you need to know about Pintel. Mm-hmm. He's he's not that bright. He and he and and, and Rigetti share basically a brain or half a brain. I like to say they're mm-hmm. not the smartest dudes in the world. Uh, and Elizabeth Swan is smarter and more badass. And so to be able to that that's what excites the audience in that scene. We think she's going to get, you know, attacked. We're going there to get her because she has the gold. It's calling to us, like we say. And then she goes parlay on my ass. And I'm like, holy fuck, you know, parlay. Boom. So that tells a lot about the character. Those are the scenes, bro, that we live for as actors where what the audience is expecting and what the script story delivers is a boom. Mm-hmm. More switches, shoo, shifting of power, shifting of an understanding, uh, and it, that's what develops excitement in from the audience. That's the art of what we do. Yes. So there was, I mean, obviously the scene in the dress was badass. Uh, rowing the boat, you know how the the, mm-hmm. the comedy of that. I love anytime I can sword fight, like action. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pull in the eyeball with the thing. I mean, they gave me the ball. Mm-hmm. Those guys. I owe them a lot. Jerry Bruckheimer, love you. Gore Verbinski, love you. The writers, love you. The guys at Disney, that Nina and the people that ran the studio that gave me the chance. I'm just a little, I'm just a guy from Santa Monica, a kid that didn't have family in the business. Um, I had desire. But see, just you know, just because you grow up in Southern California doesn't mean you're going to get into get invited to the party. I might as well. Have, where are you at? Pennsylvania. Yep. Or, okay, so I might as well be in like Altoona or whatevs with the dream. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same dream whether you grow up across from the studio or a million miles away. It's a million mile dream. Mm-hmm. I got to live. And it's not, it's never lost on me. I make sure to remind myself every day to be grateful to, and also mm-hmm. to manifest that energy that it takes sometimes just to make it through the day. Bro. Mm-hmm. I got a same question for you. What was it like in the third movie when you were tied upside down on the mast because the scene up is down, down is up? Sure. Uh, well, that was actually pretty much, I want to say, five different scenes Mm -hmm. one in the pool actually underwater uh one actually tied up on the black pearl there was a couple cutaways where there was one set that was like a thing at a fair that spins us for the spinning so it was a lot of pieces uh it was crazy Definitely a pucker up, especially on the Pearl with all the drip lines and uh, with so water dripping in your nose. Gore wanted us to spit water out. So basically we're being waterboarded. Wow. So the panic of drowning was real. So that wasn't just that wasn't just you guys like just, you know, now they say cough, you cough or something like that. That was actually like you guys. Yeah. Well, really? some, of it, yeah. some of it was, yeah. yeah. But that, that particular little piece. Yeah. Now, 
there was a funny joke about that because there's a lot of scary moments in that in those films making things where they're exploding fire i got makeup on that's flammable i mean you got there's some legit uh stuff but you have a lot of safety mm -hmm. so on that particular scene though there's not that much safety if you start drowning or you know start panicking so Gore would always start us out with calling the medic going, Hey, Odell, if these guys go code blue, how much, how, how long you can resuscitate them, right? Up to like four minutes. Oh no, seven minutes, boss. So they really did. They really yeah, did. Try to... Oh yeah. That's part of the game, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, you know, it's, 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 it's very sophomoric. It's blah, blah, blah. But there's the other scene in a couple of times in the movie, especially my favorite movie, which is Dead Man's Chest, actually. The second mm. movie. That's uh, my favorite. But because, they, again, they give me the freaking ball. Mm -hmm. That beautiful scene in the rowboat. Yes. Meaning a life. Very Shakespearean. God, that, you know, that's one of my, that's maybe my favorite scene in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. with the dog must have seen a catfish okay so at the end of that sequence when we crashed the boat which was the stunt guys because that was a mm -hmm. dangerous dangerous stunt for my my double jack west and his partner in, in in the boat that thing was a heavy dinghy that could if it hit you in the head you were you could be a goner i was about to say that's curtains right but so at the end of that before i run into the beach gore wanted us to fake drown just for the start of the shot where he's seen us coming out of the water. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm a, I'm a fucking great actor. How are you going to know the difference between me really drowning and acting like I'm drowning to rescue me? <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I'm a goner in this scene too. Right. Might as well just go for it. You're a goner. So lot. So there was a lot of that, you know, uh, a lot of uh, that bit of the gallows humor. It was a it it was an experience, physical experience to make the movies. Uh, you were physically engaged, and and a, and a couple times, you know, because of the fact that you know, whenever you can see an actor's face during an action sequence, it's actually the actor. That's a reason that guys like TC, Tommy Cruz are such legendary guys. And it goes all the way back to Harold Lloyd, Buster Keaton, the originators mm -hmm. of this art doing their own stunts. Wow. Because the camera wants to see that guy. You watch a John Wayne movie, you can tell they always cut the fight scenes. It'll be the guy, the back of the head. It's not the Duke. Mm -hmm. The Duke is in the, only in the close-up going like that. Then they do the cutaway, and it's his double wrestling the other guy. Mm -hmm. It's you know, that's that's this is the art, this is the game, this is so credit to all my castmates who went through the work. The stunt guys, that I would say they're the nicest guys in in SAG in the union. Mm -hmm. Our job is to die for you. Their job is to take the hit, you know? That's the job. They're also there to coach you. It's like having, when you have a stunt double, it's also like having a coach. 
they're usually better than the actor at moving their body in, in, in certain ways. So you can learn from each other. They'll copy your mannerisms. You might copy their footwork. In the sword fight, I'd watch my guy. He was a little more economical with his and deliberate with his feet. I was doing a little some shuffling. So I was like, I'm going to try and copy that. Let boom, wham, tap, tap. I'm still getting to the tap, tap, but I like the way his feet moved, you know? So you mm -hmm. keep working, or you've got the whole process is working together. You got to dance with your camera guy. You got to make sure you're seen. You got to find the lens when you're in a crowd. So the awareness of the tech is a big part of what makes a guy successful in this business. He's easy to work with if he hits his light and finds the lens and it's then delivers funny shit. Nice. Great. Nice. You told quite a few behind the scenes stories there, but there is there any other behind the scenes story that you just remember have a good laugh about? Keeping the audience appropriate, of course, and everything like that. I mean... There's so many, dude. It's it's just so, so many. And whether they resonate the same way with the audience as they resonate to me, I don't know. But, I mean, just a couple quick ones. I mean, Marty getting motion sick and seasick and puking when he's swinging in the cage. I wasn't there, but that's still really funny to me. Mm -hmm. He's the seasick uh, stuntman. Uh, there's a I'll great mention that to him. Oh yeah. There's a great story actually on the third movie. It's a bit of a long story, but the scene in the third movie where everyone's marching down the beach and the dead Kraken is there mm -hmm. and it's uh, like Jeffrey, Johnny, the parrot we've rescued him. Uh, there's the, we have the, all the Asian pirates are there. South Fang's pirates are with us. It's a beautiful, beautiful marching shot on this coastline. And I'm sitting at the, uh, I'm not in the shot. So I'm kind of sitting in the cast chairs with Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, the two, uh, writers, and Johnny's kind of like driver and, and named Buck sitting there. And we're watching the scene and I forget who says, but somebody goes, oh, Buck goes, oh, this reminds me of The Wild Bunch. Do you remember that movie, The Wild Bunch? I've heard of it. I haven't, I have to admit, I haven't seen it. Right. You have to see it. It's one mm -hmm. of the great movies, okay? Of the, mm -hmm. of so anyway, he goes, this reminds me of The Wild Bunch. And then the writer guy, probably might have been Ted, goes, oh, well, we, we wrote this scene based on the Wild Bunch. And then Buck goes, I wrote the Wild Bunch with my sister and this other guy. And we're like, they're like, bullshit. He goes, oh, yeah, and I'm in it. And I got I get residual checks all the time. And the writer's like, no way. But he's a funny guy. He's a jokester anyway. We thought he was just pulling our leg. Well, anyway, we we're on. This was on location, I think, in the somewhere in the Caribbean. He's got a stack of his mail with him. He's opening his bills and going through his things, and all of a sudden, there's a residual check. He opens it up. It's from the Wild Bunch. Right then, right as we're having this, he's like, "Oh, forty-five bucks from the Wild Bunch," and we're like, "Ah." Oh. Those moments like that, where synchronicity happens, where life just comes together and you know you're in the right place at the right time 
That was mm-hmm. that was pirates. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like working with coworkers? You mentioned, you know, you mentioned all the legends. You mentioned working with Johnny, working with Kira. You know, what was it like working with the with everyone from Johnny to Marty to Kevin to Orlando? Marty was the worst for sure. Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's watching this episode. Ah, oh, ah, uh, uh, that was the thrill of a lifetime, dude. It's a thrill of a lifetime. I mean, again, it's not really a fair question. Mm-hmm. What like, you mm-hmm. know, it was, it changed, you know, the first to the third. Mm-hmm. The first movie, I'm just one of the guys. That second movie, I'm Pintel. So that was a that was a kind of a pretty dynamic shift in experience for from the first movie to the second movie. You know, in terms of my experience on it, uh, hitting making a mark, being a somebody. Not that we weren't before, but you know, when you're a character actor, you do, the, the rare opportunity to be toe-to-toe with Johnny, to be even to be able to be asked this question about a Jeffrey Rush or a Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, Chow mm-hmm. Yun Fat, you know, these legends of our business. So it was uh it was way cool. It was hilarious. It was boring. It was gorgeous at times. You know what I mean? We it was we were together for years, so we pretty much. I mean, there was all all of that in a bag of chips. What there wasn't really was ever any bad energy, bad vibes. That's what I like to hear. I don't roll like that anyway, dude. Life's mm-hmm. too short, uh, and I'm certainly going to be on my best behavior in in a professional setting. I might have had a couple bad moments or this or that, but nothing that a quick Mai Tai or something couldn't cure, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> at that moment, whatever it is. Chill out, go in the room, online poker, a little bit of boredom, waiting around because that's the film business, waiting for weather, hurricanes come in, a lot of travel, a lot of charter flights, waiting for monkeys. I mean, there's so many stories, bro, over those three flicks. Uh, that we could go on forever mm-hmm. just from the behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. But there's been books written about it. Yeah. You know, the great Michael Singer and all his books about uh, the making ofs and stuff. Uh, great resources for it. But in terms of my experience, suffice to say it was the time of my life. Awesome. Now, I got to hear about the monkey story. I got to hear, what what's that story all about? They're always mating on the monkey. We were always waiting on the monkey. You know, as as a performer and even on the charter planes, because like you couldn't drink until the plane got up in the air. Mm-hmm. So we'd have wrapped a big shoot and we're going to the next or maybe even coming home and we're waiting for them to load the monkey. And people are like, I need a beer. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> But amazing, uh, honestly, though, those uh, the animal performers from my bu- my buddy, the dog and um, the two the two monkeys, the boy monkey, stunt monkey, the girl monkey, the acting monkey, or maybe it was vice versa. Uh, Cotton's parrot, all of it. 
what a what a what a menagerie of both human and animal and technology and all this stuff. These were cool movies, dude. This is a reason that they are what they are. It, it was beyond. It was Disney at its badass most. It was Bruckheimer bringing it. Uh, it was Johnny becoming the number one movie star in the world. It was the discovery of Kira and you know, really of Orlando, uh, double Orlando, because he had the Lord of the Rings too, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as an actor, getting to work with Rush and Young Fat and Bill Nye and uh, Kevin, you know, Mackenzie, Brothers for Life, you know, mm-hmm. all the boys, all the boys on the Black Pearl. And then when I got to, you know, and and then and then uh of course when we all joined forces, and then it was all the Dutchman guys that became friends. And uh when it works, it works, baby. Mm-hmm. Do you still hear from any of those guys nowadays or anything I mean, like that? Sure. I mean, especially at conventions, social media, we're we're brothers for life, brothers and sisters for life, you know. Awesome. Because I know there are people like that. There are people like you guys who are obviously, you know, like you said, brothers for life. And then there are people where it may be an iconic movie, but they still, they go their way. This goes that way. Everyone does that in the business. Mm -hmm. Everyone. So you haven't brought up Once Upon a Time yet. I don't know if you watch that show. Mm -hmm. Like seven years on Once Upon a Time. And, you know, I, I heard from Josh Dallas yesterday, but I'm not that guy. I got to live my life. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You know what I mean? I got my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't like to live completely on social. I'm not going to advertise when I eat a sandwich mm-hmm. all the time, but I might advertise a good sandwich. Mm. Big difference. Oh, yeah. So I'll well, always I'll always snap a, a good sandwich, but I'm not going to s- snap every sandwich. Exactly. And and so like because it, it, a little bit of mystery is good. That's that is the best way to that's the best way to describe social media. You'll yeah, snap a good sandwich, but just not every sandwich. You know, you'll snap a good moment in your life, like hey, this happened today. But you're not going to say yeah, today. Walk down the- listen, if you need help, if you're struggling, sometimes a mono- a, a check in. I love it. But it's yeah. changed, you know, over the years, right? Uh, I mean, Twitter, that was originally the concept of Twitter. Was like a quick check-in. Mm-hmm. 100, whatever, 140 let- characters. He was a, the, the original guy, is Jack Dorsey or whatever, who created it. He was a junkie for, like, police radio. Read mm-hmm. the story about what was originally Twitter. It was police radio. I'm over here having a sandwich. Copy. He was he was an expert as a kid because he was a latchkey kid. And he, if I got the story right, uh, worked with like cab dispatch in New York as he was developing the platform for Twitter. Those quick dispatches, that's kind of it. So yeah, so but social is so important. For so many great reasons, uh, connection of people, soul connection, reaching out, connecting to your audience, connecting to a consumer of BuddyCast or of a product, right? We need each other. Mm-hmm. We're social beings. 
So, so much of it is cool. Uh, but I also like it's fun to have a little mystery, you know, in your game. Exactly. Exactly. So one question that's always been on my mind yeah. throughout the start of this interview, how do you relate to your characters? Like, how do you relate to Pentel? How do you relate to Mike? How do you relate to the character from Once Upon a Time? Like, I know each one you relate to differently, but. I mean, I, I'm pretty much, I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just fucking jump in with both feet. I pretty much read the script and look for any clues about what it says about me. What do I do? What do I touch? What do other characters think of me? You get a lot of information for what people say to you. Hey, you're a jerk. All right. That's Mike Moffat. You get that, it, you put that in, oh, it's a bit of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Throw it in there. You know, this is play. This is make-believe. I'm creating this shit, bro. But I get into it and I stick to the reality until they go cut, until the curtain comes down. Sometimes, and, and in the training, of, and I'm trained. I'm, I'm trained. So I have method for those moments when I need to connect emotionally. So I might go back to a time when I was sad, mad use some of that but i've never been a pirate i'm gonna have to make all of that up i played aliens from you know star trek i'm gonna have to make that up so that's that's the game that's the technique just try to be believable stick with it that's it love it you tell the truth tell the truth it's a form of lying you know it's a hundred percent a lie but the the but you're trying to trying to just fake throw truth. some truth in there, yeah. <laughs> Love it. You think you could now give us a little like freestyle on it, like freestyle from your characters, like Pintel? Freestyle, Pintel. Are you nuts? People pay for this. <laughs> Love it. I'm telling this story. Bootstrap Bill, we knew him. Never sat well with Bootstrap what we did to Jack Sparrow. The mutiny at all. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, that's a thing. Like, the ability, say, just to jump back in. The accent's terrible. That's something I would have to spend a lot of time getting with a coach and making sure it sounds right so that I can riff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the amount of preparation that goes into every 30 minutes of TV, every minute on the screen of a big feature, it's hours and hours and days and months and weeks of prep for one bit. All the people, thousand crew on Pirates coming together, timing of special effects, visual effects, costumes, stunts, script, Everything, right, has to come together on that day. And that's the challenge. That's the beauty. That's what I love about film and television so much because it's a forever business. What we did on that day lives forever. There's no redo. I love the theater. I, I come from the theater. 
that the challenge there is to recreate that every performance like it's the first time mm-hmm. that, that challenge film you got to get it right the one shot you get mm-hmm. so, they're, all beautiful. they're all beautiful but mm-hmm. they're all different, subtly different mm-hmm. film and theater just as a salesman sounds a lot like sales you got one shot you got every day you got to do something different you got to really you know like theater you got to do it different you got to do the same thing but you got to really do it and then you got to put yourself into it wholeheartedly there's no just yeah i mean mm-hmm. there's two things right getting the job is probably the hardest part about hollywood mm-hmm. okay um doing the job is the most fun part of it but it takes uh you got to have some discipline you've got to do your work you've got to show up prepared so that you're able to play mm-hmm Trust me, if like they they just give you a bunch of pages new, you're on a TV show. Here's a bunch of new pages. You it could be a tough day at the office if you're not really up on your words. Maybe you didn't you were out the night before. Maybe it's on you. Maybe it's that they've changed the script on you. The end of the day, it's just an excuse. But you know, our job as actors is to entertain the crew and make them proud for all the hard work a thousand times harder work being on the crew have you ever worked construction or anything like that i haven't my brother-in-law is a contractor and i've done some work with him uh both on my own flips and 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 on his projects and it is it's rewarding working the trades it's physically intense uh but that's like what that's the equivalent of what a lot of guys do in the film business. If you're an electrician, if you're a grip, it's like the construction business. It's a hard day's work. So we, we, when they wear the shirt that says pirates crew, we want to make sure that that worthy is that jaw. The movie is worthy of their investment. Their pride in the work is our pride. Mm-hmm. Big part of it. Mm-hmm. I believe, as they say in uh, Pirates in the at World's End, part of the ship, part of the crew. Hundred percent, million percent, exactly right, buddy. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's a team sport. Filmmaking, TV, team sport. Thousand people there to make me look good, so it's my job to represent. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's always important at the end to always show those credits to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I love the credit roll. I watch the credit. I mean, a lot of times I'm looking for people I might know. Oh, there's my butt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I love. If you watch, especially now with like these Marvel movies, with the big superhero, with all the big effects house movies, like the hundreds and hundreds of people that are responsible for putting a show together. Yeah, cool shit. That's awesome. Now, buddy, I have two questions left for you okay. to make this an official buddy cast. The first one is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity. Right. He on. wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Wow, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I mean, 
It means that you have the ability to tell them something terrible to their face, but you're always going to talk beautiful about them behind their back. You're going to bust their balls to their face and you're going to tell the world that I love that guy. It's, it reminds me so much of the saying, a good friend is someone who when they trip, you'll pick up, brush off and continue, you know, continue walking with. A best friend is someone who trips, you look down at it and go, walk much? <laughs> exactly. That's it. You know, to have that, you know, to have that, uh, a buddy is someone that makes you feel good when you hear from them. Mm -hmm. Make you cry if something bad happens. You're going to go out of your way to to help. Yeah, exactly. Love the answer. And now it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? No. <laughs> but bring it. <laughs> hey, hey, actors are always prepared, right? Even That's when you have to improvise. That's what they say. Uh huh. So. To anyone out there watching today or who's going to watch the rerun of this episode, okay. what's your advice if they want to be an actor? What's your advice to them? My advice would be like, what? Are you crazy? I would say don't do it. We get that a lot. I would say don't do it. And then I would say, but if that hasn't changed your opinion, welcome to the club. It's going to take self-belief over anything else. It might take years to even get that external validation. Stick to it. Say, get yourself in a good class. Study. Go, to the, go make yourself available at the colleges and universities for independent films. You know? But if you're crazy enough to join the profession, welcome to the club because that is the deal. When I was a young actor and my dad would be, my son wants to be an actor. They go, what, is he crazy? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely crazy. We're all crazy. It's a great life if you can achieve it. And it's a dream worth trying for. Um, but yeah, study, do well in school if you're young, uh, diversify, uh, Welcome to the club. We're all Meshuggah, as we like to say in my tribe. Hey, like you said, like we said before, part of the ship, part of the crew. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. It's uh it's a tough journey. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that goes on in the journey. Uh introspection. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of joy. Uh there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of, lot of disappointment being an actor. A lot. Way more disappointment than there is success. Way. Mm -hmm. right? Even for the biggest names in the biz. Even for the biggest stars in the biz, all of a sudden the phone ain't going to ring. So once you figure out that there's more to life, you can, you can handle it. But it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, don't, I, I don't recommend it except to the ones that can't be talked out of it. Love it. Love it. Just like Chevy Chase says, the journey sucks. That's what makes the destination so worth it. That's it. It's, it's, all, it's all about Wally World, you know? Mm-hmm. Wally World is fun. Mm-hmm. Just got to get there, you know? 
exactly. No matter how much time your car breaks down, no matter how many people mug you along the way. Yeah. It's all about, it's all it's, about yeah. the destination. I mean, it's all about the destination. Screw the journey. I mean, that's not very like, you know, it, it's obviously better to say, oh, it is the journey. But I always think the destination is the, I mean, the journey is the destination. The destination is the journey. You, you know, I try to live and like set the intention to show up here for buddy cast, be present. There is no other time that we have on this planet, but the moment we're in right now, the past is gone. The future never exists. It only exists as a concept because we're already now to that moment. And mm -hmm. that last moment's already passed. Mm -hmm. So the moment to moment, it's very actory, but it's also very Zen. It's very mindful and it's very important. You know, I think, you know, we're, we're, we explore the mental health. And I think, you know, the fact that in our world now, you know, acknowledging that there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of depression in, in, the, in the average actor's game. It's cool. I got my shrink on speed dial. I had my session at 7 a.m. I love it. They keep yourself available to be present. So that I'm not so caught up in my actor bullshit that I'm not there for my son, my wife, or my buddies. That is awesome. And you that is that's what makes the true actor. The ones who put their fans and their family, their friends first, and not just one of those, I'm here, you're here. Yeah. We all do that, though. We're all going to have moments where our egos tweaked and we're going to be divvied out. But if you can't, once you catch yourself doing it, see, once you develop the awareness, it's the unaware diva that's the, that's the real problem. Because I'll be honest, we all deserve it. We all deserve to be heard. We all deserve our diva moment. Everyone does. Mm -hmm. That moment to be, to be really heard and listened to by someone else that we care about. Right. So we so that's important. A tiny bit of that. But you're mm -hmm. right. Not the out of balance aspect of it. You got to know, let's say if you're a dad, if you're a husband, any kind of parent, you got to put the other people first. I'm a big sports guy. I use a lot of sports analogies. I love sports. I watch sports more than I watch movies. I'm more. Into, I wanted to be a sportscaster, but I didn't make it as an actor. Um where do we put the most powerful hitter in a baseball lineup? Fourth. So he's batting cleanup. And that's kind of the job. How If you can see your life as a cleanup hitter, allow that your son, your children to set the table, your wife to have her stuff happening, your significant others, your dog even, whatever. Put them ahead of you. Then it opens up the opportunity for the universe to bless you, to manifest these dreams of something like being an actor. That's how you do it. You, you're generous. It opens up opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you speak the truth on that because that is the story of Buddy Cast. I have my fiance sitting to my left and I told her when I had this wacky idea, that I truly believed in. What if I had the chance to interview people live face to face yeah. and do that? I told her, I don't want this to come between us. I don't want you to ever feel like this show comes first. You come second. The minute you feel that way, you tell me zoom done. Final buddy cast. Hey, it was a pleasure folks. Gotta go. You know, gotta go. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being, but good for you. 
good for That's you. But she now, uh-huh. to, to, to her credit, she's like, it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You're actually not bad at it either, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you're not bad at it. So at all. So it, it's a fun show with a good concept. A, there's a unique hook to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hits my wheelhouse because I'm into, I like people to feel good. I I, mm-hmm. I, want, I want to leave people knowing that I actually give a shit about mm-hmm. them, you know? And if I ask how you doing, I'm going to wait for the answer. Exactly. And that's why Buddy Casper started because I started it in the pandemic. I used to work for the news industry. And so I saw all the behind the scenes stuff during 2020. All the you just post the COVID status for the week or for the day, and ten people write back to you telling you to go do unholy things to yourself. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I yeah. Let's not get into that whole. Yeah, thing. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But so I just felt like okay, this world just needs some positive, like feel good. Yeah. Reminding you, you know, like every day. reminding you why do you wake up every day, and you know, like reminding you, Lee. Why do you wake up every day with hopes that your agent's going to call you and tell you, I got a role for you? You know, when, you know, maybe in 2020, that phone didn't ring. That phone rang. How many times did your phone ring for that in, during 2020? Zero. Zero. I didn't work at all. I lost my mom that year. So thank God. I mean, it's like I was around for her through the hospice. I mean, there's, I, I find the silver lining wherever I can. Now, uh-huh. this is part of my daily process, daily practice. I wake up, I make a list of what do I have to do? I'm on buddy cast at nine. I got to write this email. I'm having this, I got to call my shrink at seven, do this, this, I had a bunch of shit this morning, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing I do is I set emotional intention. Every day I try to, like I'm an emotional guy. So if I have a, if I'm anxious about, I'm, I'm traveling with my family this weekend, we're going to Portugal to go surfing or whatever. I want it to go well. I got things I got to take care of. I cannot flip out if there's dishes in the sink or if I have to do carry, you know, do something. Uh, uh, So I'm going to set my emotional intention to try and like be honest, like, oh, I'm a little uptight today. So if I'm snappy, that's why. Whatever it is. It's not the case today, but I'm just, that was a a hypothetical. Uh, But Absolutely, bro. I mean, this is uh, to to be able to do what we do on the body on the buddy cast level, on the Pirates of the Caribbean level. We're lucky dogs, man. That mm-hmm. anybody would want to be with us, as crazy as we are. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, buddy, thank you a billion of course, for man. being on Buddy Cast. Thanks for asking me, dude. It was very yeah. cool. Hey, you know, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you have anything to promote, you have anything you want to talk about, you know who to call. Cool. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm wishing you nothing but success. I'm wishing all the best to all the viewers out there. I hope to see you guys either on social. I'm at Lee Ehrenberg on all the socials. uh, And uh, come to a a con if I'm in your area. And uh, grab yourself a picture and a selfie and all that stuff that we do. I'm on Cameo if you need a birthday shout out as Pintel or any of my characters. I'm doing that for you all. 
And uh, that's my sales pitch. Got a couple of things in the in coming up here soon. Bloody Fury, this great French uh, Western uh, short I did with Bill Nye, with Kevin McNally, with Marty Kleba, all of us from Pirates reunited by my friend Jordan in Constant and out of Paris, France to make a little movie. That was a fan started off Facebook, by the way. Wow. So anything's possible. You reached out to me on Facebook. If I'm yes, I did. And okay, you know so social has power. Uh, stay connected, my friends. Stay hungry. Stay dreamy. We'll do. Oh, I have yeah. an idea. I'll tell you off set, but we might be doing. We might need to do a panel or something. You know. I mean, eventually, I would. Yeah. Would. You have. I mean, you know the people. You got some people you could get. I mean, we do that a lot on the. You know, it might be boring to the audience because. <laughs> we love pan we've had panel discussions here so but for all, yep for all my buddies out there this is my buddy lee thank you again for being a buddy on BuddyCast. and lee before we end this episode i have one favor to ask you whatever you do today tomorrow next week next month next year go be someone's buddy that's what i call my son Bingo. They're calling. So, I mean, that's every day, all day. My dog is my buddy. And then my buddies I call buddy. So there you go. I use, I actually, yeah. this is, this is wheelhouse, wheelhouse. You know, I call people dude. I call people buddy. <laughs> I call them bud. That's my, this is wheelhouse. This is wheelhouse stuff for me, bro. Love it. We'll catch you all next time here on every, everybody's favorite show. Buddy cast. Don't go anywhere. Pirate for life, yo. Peace out, everybody. Pirate of the ship, pirate of the crew. Thanks. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past. Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. Don't be lonely, make it, buddy. Here on Buddy Cast.